Hello and welcome to All Things Albion, the podcast dedicated to West Bromwich Albion. Please welcome my co-host back in 2008 when West Brom beat Colchester United 4-3. He was there and so was I. How are you, John? Hello, mate. I'm really good, thanks. I'm really good. I can't remember that one. Was that the one when um, Roman Bednar scored at right at the death? Yeah, so we were, th- we were 3-2 down. I'm pretty sure going into the 90th minute or something like it was really late in the game and um, James Morrison scored. And I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Martin, who used to sit next to us, he jumps up and tries to celebrate with our dad. And our dad was like, I'm not celebrating. 3-3 against Colchester. We're rubbish, blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, about, I don't know, a minute later, Roman Bednar scored and everyone went crazy. <laughs> I remember uh, that header. That was a bloody good header, that was. was, yeah. Yeah, it went wheeling, wasn't it in front of us? And you went wheeling away down the Brummie Road. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, good memories, good memories. Um, so on this show, we're going to talk about our win against Coventry, our long-awaited win. We've got some more transfer rumours and talk that's been happening. Uh, we're going to preview the game against Reading, and we've got a few other things to talk about as well. So um, let's uh, get stuck in. Finally, we win. Uh, and we score as well, because uh, it doesn't seem we've done much of either recently. Uh, but we managed to beat Coventry 2-1 away as well, which is a great result because Coventry were flying. Um, a goal from Carlin Grant, really well taken. Good through ball from uh, Callum Robinson uh, to make it 1-0. And then it was an own goal, um, the second goal. It was a bit of a mess, wasn't it? it I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie. It, it, it was a definite handball um, off Kipre to go in. Um, but it was, uh, it was, you know, it was missed by the officials. So it was two nil. Uh, then Coventry scored a corner, didn't they? Which was pretty poor marking from ourselves, really. Um, and then, yeah. So before I give my opinion, what did you think? Um, <clears throat> I thought Coventry were poor. Yeah, uh, I expected better from them, to be honest. Um, they sort of allowed us to. They just sort of played into our hands a little bit, really, um, which I didn't expect because I expected them to have learned from what everybody else, the way everybody else has played against us and kind of changed the way they play a little bit. Um, I think we used our physicality well. We were significantly bigger across the park than Coventry. Um, I don't think Coventry's top players really showed up. I didn't think O'Hare was who I'd heard a lot about before the game. Don't think he did anything in particular. Um, and Hame, unfortunately, Hammer Hamer was injured for them, and they are their two best players by street, really. So, but yeah, from our perspective, um, it was a much improved performance from previous weeks. Obviously, um, we looked uh, more at the races, but we still didn't look very dangerous. Uh, I think no. the first goal, to be honest with you, I think the first goal was a bit of a gift. Um, the way that the ball broke for us, I know that that's that's sort of come off the press, but what on earth their their right back was doing, not tracking Carlin Grant's run, I have no idea. He was like he just looked at him as he ran past him, um, and the finish was superb. The finish was fantastic, no doubt. But I think under normal circumstances, I don't think Carlin Grant's going to get on the end of that as easily as he did. Mm. Um, and the second goal, uh, whilst it was a handball. Um, I'm not really bothered about that because I think the amount of no. times that we've yeah. we fell foul of rubbish refereeing decisions this season and last season, um, I just don't care. So um, 
it was a world. It was probably on the balance of play. I think we definitely deserved the win um, because we were so much better than them first half. Second half, we just basically managed the game. Um, and was it were it not for one piece of uh, of lack of concentration, we probably would have won the game too. with a clean sheet. So, yeah, it was a reasonable performance. I think there's a lot of things that we need to do better. Um, but at the same time, you've got to build, haven't you? Build on something, and this is certainly something to build on. Uh, Taylor Gardner Hickman was fantastic in the centre of the park. He needs to stay yeah. there. Uh, we never need to see Livermore again. He, he's the man for me from now on. Him and Mowat. Yep. Um, Callum, Callum Robinson, I thought, was generally poor, uh, other than his through ball. Did uh, you notice as well? Sorry to jump in. Um, speaking of Callum Robinson, when he was took off, did you notice that himself and um, Valerian and Ishmael, they, they didn't, you know, high five or, or anything? So, it, you know, I noticed that when it happened, unless I missed it, because the camera sort of looked at Robinson and then switched back to the action. But I noticed that, well, I thought, I thought that they didn't, you know, embrace or anything. I just wonder, like, if it does allude to that fallout that we've, you know, all heard about in the press. I think all of the forwards uh, are really annoyed about the fact that they get subbed, basically. Yeah. Um, that's what Especially it seems like to me. <laughs> I mean, Dean Garner was the same. Dean Garner came off and he had a right sulk on the bench, but he was a he was awful all game, Dean Garner. So I don't quite know what he's what he's moaning about. Yeah. Um, yeah, Callum Robinson. I don't know what's going on with him really. Um, I don't like to see that sort of behaviour. Really, at the end of the day, he's your boss, so show him some respect. And he's still playing you. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think uh, generally a much improved performance, but definitely we need to go further to to do better, I think, in the future as well at the same time. It's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, because it wasn't like Coventry didn't have their chances. And there was a, a particular chance where they, you know, they sort of did a half shot, half cross, and it didn't really hit anybody. But we still look... Fragile. Yeah, we look fragile. Yeah, that's probably the best way of putting it. You know, yes, it's great to get the win. Um, let's be positive about that. Let's let's be positive about the fact that we are now third because uh, I think QPR lost to Stoke today um, and we're six points behind Bournemouth, so we're back in touching distance again. Um, or I think it's, yeah, it's Bournemouth, isn't it, who are second? Um, so, yeah, but there is definite improvements that still need to be made. There is... Um, things that we need to work on. I, you know, in terms of Valerian Ishmael, yes, I've got to compliment him on, you know, putting Taylor Garden Hickman at centre midfield because I think it was a great decision. Um, we were all thinking, well, who's going to play centre midfield? I think that's the partnership we need to go with now. Um, I mean, the other thing as well is, I think I read that um, Garden Hickman's contract is up till 2023, uh, June 2023. We need to extend that. We need to get on top of this early, not do what we've done every other time and and let these contracts dwindle away because uh, I think we've got a real, you know, star on our hands. Yeah, well, two, two years is a long contract. I think, you know, we can wait and see uh, next year for me. Um, we don't need to rush anything. Maybe he's playing as well as he is because he's he feels like he's, he needs to... Uh, work hard to get his contract. I don't think you should be giving kids contracts after four games, three games. I just don't want to. I just don't want to see what's happened too many times before. That's all. Yeah, well, two, three. You know, twenty twenty three is a long contract. So I wouldn't worry too much. Mm, um, okay. But um, yeah, a lot can happen between now and twenty twenty three as well. Um, I think Hugo when he came on Luminek, 
I mean, just classic Hugo. That's really. what I want to say about because when I was, you know, when I was watching the game and he brought Hugo on after 54 minutes, I think it was so a bit earlier than usual. I just thought oh, it's I don't know what his obsession is with bringing him on around the 60 minute mark. And it's like I said before, you know, if we're one nil down, it's oh let's bring Hugo on, and now for two nil, let's bring Hugo. It's, it's about but, making sure you strike it's fresh. Yeah, I know, but I just. You know, it wasn't a game where we could say, right, you know, let's rest the players because we've got it in the bag. It was still very much in the balance. So No, it's not about resting players. It's about making sure that at least one of your strikers is fresh. That's what he's. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And because he's only got Hugo, or he only perceives Hugo to be any, to be of the level required to play, clearly Tullock and those guys aren't that, at that level. So that's what you get. You get you get Hugo. I mean, Hugo. The thing is, though, Hugo's got to do better than he does because he's, he keeps on giving me and giving these opportunities, and he's just a non-entity. I mean, he was better, yeah, against Coventry. He did have a better game. I mean, he chased a couple of balls down, and he looked a bit more like he was he was up for it. But again, no no potency out of him at all. Nothing that resembled a shot. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah. It's work rate again, which is fine, which is good. We like to see work rate, but it's almost a minimum requirement, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's uh, talk about also Valerian Ishmael's reaction after the game. Um, so just to quote him, he said, it's all about our principles and what we need in that position. And this is with reference to that centre midfield spot that Taylor Garden Hickman took. The profile for the sixth position is that you need to have brains intensity to make a lot of distance and to make sure you have a quality uh, ball in the transitions. Taylor gave us the confidence he could, uh, sorry, he could play that position. And I think it was a massive difference to have a week to prepare for this game, to train 11 v 11 throughout the week. And this is why he made a great performance. Uh, I think what he's alluding to there, and I have to agree with him, is the fact that we actually had a week, you know, in between games where the players could get their bearings um, and, and, and prepare for Coventry. I think too often, and I've said this before, with these international breaks that seem to be every three weeks now, and then having to cram games in, it, it does seem a very intense schedule, especially in the Championship when there's so many games already. It's the nature of the beast, though, isn't it? The Championship is why nobody wants to be in the Championship yeah, it's because true. of this exact reason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's just jump to the comments. Uh, we've had, uh, I put a post out on social media just to make a change. Uh, just put, say, saying what, you know, what were people's thoughts uh, on our win? Um, so just to read a couple out. So Mick said, much better display against the decent team. We showed more intent. The press from the front worked and we were stronger in midfield. Backline seemed a little deeper. Everyone lifted their game, but special mentions to Gardner Hickman and Kipre. Let's hope this gets us back on track. Come on, you baggies. Um, and then another one was Trevor said, big improvement on recent form. All players gave their all. They certainly can play, attract uh, sorry, can play attractive football. Well done and deserved. And then the final one I want to read out. Bear with me. It was from Steve and he said, um, win by the odd goal in three. The second was handball, missed by officials. We dominated the game. Taylor Garner Hickman was excellent, as was Kipre. Our passing, crossing, and arrival into the box still improve. A non pointless centre forward is vital. So he's obviously talking about January, which we're going to talk about now. I agree with, by the way, I agree with the first comment. I thought Kipre had a really good game. Yeah. Um, I was quite impressed with him. 
Yeah, he, he uh, <laughs> seems to really grow into that role, doesn't he? He's still the best passer in the team, which is terrible. But he's uh, he's he's grown into the role. He looked huge, like he looked absolutely massive, like Dom, like from a like a physical perspective, he yeah, looked yeah. like he was about. He looked like men against boys up front for for Coventry. So if he can get, if I think the thing with him is if he can track his runners better, because I think the thing when you're playing as a back three, you, you have to track you have to track your runners because you haven't got fullbacks either side of you. So he needs to get better at that, but otherwise, yeah, I thought he was really, really good, really good. <clears throat> yeah, it's good to see. Um, you know, and he's only twenty-four as well, so he's got plenty of time to improve. And 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 yeah, so uh, good news in terms of that. So let's jump into the January transfer window. Uh, there has been more talk happening. Um, Dwight Gale, people talking about him. The the news, the press have picked up on the fact that um, you know. Us, apparently us and Nottingham Forest are interested in him and I've heard two conflicting reports so some reports have said that he's um, surplus requirements in Newcastle and then other reports have said oh no Eddie House he's you know him part of the squad um, I mean for me personally I'd imagine with the money they've got behind and now they're going to go after these mega stars and things like that so you know we hopefully we could pick up Dwight Gale for a reasonable price Yeah, I'll take Groundhog Day. Yeah, I would take Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, where's yeah. the scouting? Where's the scouting? Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh, just pick up, pick up the pick up to the 2016 playbook or 2017 yeah, playbook. Yeah. What did we do then? Oh, we would have got great. Okay, do that. Lance, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually, quality striker called Rob Hulse. Should we uh, get him in? He's played for us apparently. I'm actually not surprised that they haven't accidentally asked for Harvey Barnes or something like that. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Got told, got I'm told to go away. But no, I think, um, yeah, of course you take him. He's, he's a centre forward. He's a good centre forward. He's a finisher. Yeah. Um, but is he the right? I don't know if he's the right long term answer. I mean, he's what thirty one? Is he 30 thirty two? Thirty two. It'll be. It'll, they'll want a fee for him um, at the end. The only way they'll let him go is if it, if it'll be some kind of loan to to buy option. I think that. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. The kicker think... is you only need Dwight Gale while you're in the championship, really. Yeah. Yeah, because in the Premier League, he's he's an, he's not quite the level really. I don't think. I think he, he he struggles because the teams he plays for don't play to his strengths in the Premier League because he doesn't play for a top team. If you play for a top team, he'd be like Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, he'd be scoring like twenty five goals a season because the players around him would have the ball and they'd be playing him through and he'd just be banging him in. But because he play, he's, he's, he's the type of player he is, he plays for these like mid-table to lower half of the table Premier League teams who just play behind the ball and it just doesn't play to his strength. So he'll always be a championship striker because of that fact, not because of his level of quality, it's just because he's not, he can't play the sort of play, the sort of style that you require to stay in the Premier League if you're not mm. one of the top clubs. So... Yeah. I don't think we should be buying him, but I know that what Newcastle will do, they'll want they'll want him off the wage bill and they'll want to they'll want him thirty-two, it'll be thirty-three when they sell him. It's an ideal, it's a perfect situation for Newcastle because they're gonna they're gonna get a good fee for him as well, probably ten million or something crazy. Because clubs are desperate to get out of the championship. So awful oh, I just would love to see us sign somebody else, to be completely honest with you. But if if it's gotta be him, if he's the man, if he's the guy that's gonna score these you know, finish these chances off, then fair enough. But I just think I think it's a poor long term decision. 
Mm. We've been talking about the fact that you know we play, we seem to play wide, knock it into the channels, and then and then cross it into the box. Do you think that would uh, suit a Dwight Gale, you know, type striker because he's more of a pacey finisher? Um, you know, I, I'd have I thought think, it would suit Andy Carroll more than anybody that we've been linked with. I, th- I think we're, I think we're, 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 that's not really how we want to. I don't get the impression that's how we want to play because yeah. if you look at the way that Vera Nishmal, the way he talks about. Us. He's always talking about us in terms of the press. He wants to play yeah. the pressing game. And it's only the players who don't play that pressing game. And it's they're the ones who revert to this weird sort of wide play. Mm. But when we do when we do press, we score goals. I mean, that was like the first goal came from the press, didn't it? Against yeah. Coventry. So um, he, he, all he needs to do, all Dwight Gale needs to do, is put the ball in the back of the net. That's all we need him to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're making plenty of chances, so we just need someone to finish him, so... Fingers crossed, and let's see what happens. Um, I think in a move that's probably not going to surprise anybody, uh, the rumour going around now is that Jordan Hugel is going to be sent back to Norwich in January. I've heard, once again, I've heard two conflicting reports. The one thing is we're going to send him back, and then the other thing was Norwich are going to recall him. I don't know whether that's us prompting them that, you know, to recall him or what's going on. Um... I can't. I can't imagine that you know they've seen his recent performances for us and thought, oh, we need him back to score us the goals to keep us in the Premier League. Um, but you know, I, I looked at the comments section briefly on these reports, and I, I don't think anyone would be sad to see him go. I think the thing with Jordan Hugel is uh, if we get a striker in, a proper striker, he ain't going to play. That's the no. basis of it. And I would imagine Norwich, we've said, Norwich has said, what's your plans with Jordan? And they, we'd say, we'd have said, well, we want to replace him. So they'll go, oh, okay, well then we'll, we'll take him back then because if he's not going to play, well, there's no point. And we, I agree, there's no point. There's never been a point, but it, ultimately if it's going to happen in, in January, then that's good for us because it means six months he's off the wage bill. Uh, he's away from us, um, which is perfect. And I think he, obviously, I think the... Um... The loan system has become more restricted recently. We'll have to do a deep dive into it at some point. But I'm pretty sure, you know, at one point, it's almost like half your team could be loan signings. I don't think it's like that anymore. Um, So the other thing is, you know, if we are going to get a Daryl Dykin or someone like that, we obviously want that loan or or a Dwight Gale. We need that loan space to do the loan to permanent um move so i'm not surprised by that to be honest with you um another one that's recently been linked with us is josh windass from sheffield wednesday um seems like a good player obviously he's playing in league one um under darren moore scores goals but he's more of a number 10 so i'm not sure if he's going to really fill that role that we need filling in terms of a a goal scorer striker um you know a a point to the the attack Uh, what do you think I think we need a number 10. I think when we were doing the transfer deep dive a few weeks ago, I identified the fact that we need an attacking midfielder. Yeah, because, a Pereira type of player, to be fair, yeah. Um, that's what we don't have because, because people talk, people rabbit on about, um, you know, plan B. Well, we haven't got, we need to players to play plan B. If a team yeah. just wants to sit and we've got to break them down, then you need an attacking midfielder to do it. So I think that'd be an ideal signing, one of. It's not, that's not got to be the main signing. That's got to be one of several. You know, but we'll see. That's the way the club. We'll see the way that the club actually want to do it. So I suppose it will tell us a lot. The first couple of weeks of January will tell us everything, I think, because yeah. if we don't sign anybody, then what we're looking to do essentially is look for loans because 
and it's such a disastrous way to do it because players will be unfit. They'll need, they're not going to be playing. If you're going to loan a player out in January, then they're not playing for you, are they? Which means that you're going to have to get them match fit, which means that they're not going to be match fit until February, March time. And it's just a disaster. So we need, we, we, the first two weeks will tell you everything because if we go out and make some signings early doors, that means that we've, the intention is to, to, to push forward, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I think from an investment point of view, it'd be really, you know, remiss of the board not to invest because and I know that there's a, an upcoming protest happening because they never seem to invest. Um, but we are, we are, you know, even though we've had our, our, our problems recently, we are only six points behind this, you know, second place. If we get make the signings that could turn our, our club around, I mean, you know, like, like we mentioned, there are plenty of chances being made, plenty of pressure plenty of uh, possession if we can just get those one or two players in that are, are real quality we can we can push on and we can you know we can get automatic promotion it's not with it's not out of our grasp by any means no it's not and it's shocker really because we've been we've been that bad for that long yeah, exactly it's a poor league this year it's, it's i can't believe that we're still within six points of bournemouth it's astonishing to me but um, yeah, considering the fact that we are in this position, we need to we need to capitalise on it. Um, but I don't think they will. I think it will be very much a case of going after loan signings, doing it on the cheap, uh, because it's the that's the way that they've always done it. Well, this certainly this administration have always done that, and you don't want to invest your money in January because it's not a good investment. You're not going to get you don't get value for money, and you don't get you don't get the player you really want in January because. Clubs aren't yeah. going to let those players go. No. Josh Windass, if Josh Windass is doing well for Sheffield Wednesday, there's no way Sheffield Wednesday are going to sell him unless we offer crazy money. Well, they're going to look at it and they're going to say, well, what's the difference, you know, finance-wise between us being in the League One and being in the Championship? And they're going to say, right, we want that. And it's the same thing for clubs, you know, who are currently chasing promotion. That's like saying, you know, if, I don't know, Chelsea came in for Alex Mowat. And they said, right, how much do you want? Well, you'd say, what's the difference between being the Championship and the Premier League? Because someone like Mowat is going to make that big difference. And I know people are going to say, well, Mowat's not worth 80 million. But to us currently, in our current situation, and that's the same thing with Josh Windass, isn't it? He, you know, he, if he's that pivotal to Sheffield Wednesday, we're going to have to put a big fee to, to get him. And, and like you said, <laughs> if you look back at the past, it's not something that we normally do. Ever do? No, I, I yeah. I've, I've, I've never seen us pay a significant breakout. We've never broke our transfer record in January. You know that's not what we do. We break we, we break our transfer records in summers in the summer in the summer, and our transfer records poultry at best anyway. So it's almost a case yeah. of, you know, we 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 like to do our business in summer, which is why the summer was so crucial. We all knew it was crucial. Yeah, um, and why we were so disappointed with the result. Yeah, was it Ollie Burke? Is our transfer? Uh, Transfer record, yeah. eighteen million. That went well. <laughs> so um, let's look at the next game, which is in a week. Like, is next Saturday? Whoa! <laughs> this is like the first time yeah, I think. For now, it'll be yeah, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, Friday night slot looks looks empty. <laughs> um, well, but, I'm actually astonished it hasn't already been moved. The fact that they've got three ex Premier League players in their squad suggests that Sky would be all over that, all over. Yeah, it. true. Yeah, very true. But anyway, at the moment, it's um, Saturday, 11th of December. We're playing Reading. Um, they have not had a good season, really. Um, 20th in the league, uh, drew 1-1 with Hull last time out, and I'm pretty sure Hull are like 19th. Um, so 
battling relegation, uh, like you mentioned about the three ex-Premier League players, they're sort of notable players. I was looking through their squad. Scott Dan, Andy Carroll and Danny Drinkwater. If you'd have gone back about five or six years, they were both, <coughs> all three of them, um, maybe not Andy Carroll, but the other two were doing very well in the Premier League, weren't they? So, um, yeah. Scott Dan was uh, was carried Roger Johnson. For a oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Then to, him, is it Birmingham? Made, yeah, he made Roger Johnson look like uh, Matt Donald. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we talked about it before, but that, when he when he was backing off and backing off, uh, yeah, yeah, Torre. I just thought that's only. And everyone mentions Roger Johnson. That's all I can think of is him backing himself into the net. Um, he he was out of his depth when he bless him. Um, yeah, and then you got Dan, Danny drink Danny Drinkwater was like Angolo Kante's. Yeah. Um, shadow, yeah, nowhere near as good as Angolo Kante, and then obviously Andy Carroll is Andy Carroll, so that'll be a threat. I would have thought, particularly with Andy Carroll, because he's just the sort of defender, such the sort of striker we've always struggled with. Unless we had Jonas Olsen in the side, the only person who seemed to be able to deal with him was Jonas Olsen, yeah, him and Paul Sharner. If you remember, the two of them Jonas together Olsen seemed to hated, hated Andy Carroll, yeah, yeah there was definitely a falling out there, wasn't there? You just tell the way he was with his all his elbows jumping and elbows everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Olsen hated him. But no, yeah, Scott Dan's. I think he's past it. Danny Drinkwater isn't very good, but Andy Carroll. I'm I'm slightly concerned about Andy Carroll. I think he could do us some damage. Yeah, could cause some problems. I didn't know if anyone knew this, but Danny Drinkwater actually still is registered to Chelsea. He's still playing for Chelsea. I must. He must be in the last year of his contract. Um, <clears throat> but he still actually plays for Chelsea and he's on loan at Reading. So, um, yeah. So I suppose what you said about, you know, giving people long contracts, <laughs> that's the, uh, yeah, that's, fair play. that's the kicker. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the flip side, isn't it? You know, I mean, like, you know, talk, if you want to talk about Taylor Gordon, you know, it's, it's, he's got three seasons basically to prove himself, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, He's proven himself this season uh, in a couple of games. He's done well in the championship level. So he needs to cement his place now and start. He needs to get into a position where he's he's on the team sheet, either at right wing back or at central defence, central midfield, whichever. Personally, I like him at the central midfield because... Well, and you've got Darnell Furlong, who's a good player, haven't you? So it makes sense. Sorry to Yeah, I mean, he's, no, no it's, um, no, it's good. I'm glad to have, have the input. I think um, with... Gordon Heatman, what he does do is he brings a certain level of enthusiasm. It's youth. Um, he seems enthusiastic. He seems to want to do things. And when he gets on the ball, he, he plays a simple pass. Like it's not, it's not, he's not doing anything that groundbreaking. He's just doing his job. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that's, that's what you want, really. He's a proper utility. He looks like he's a proper utility player to me. Like he could play about four or five different positions. Which is gold dust for a club like us who never invest because they're going to look at him and go, he costs us nothing and he can play about six positions. Yeah. Um, but I really, what I like about him is he's composed. Uh, he doesn't panic when he gets the ball, and he's, he's positional sense. His positional his positioning seems to be fantastic. Like he's always seems to be in the right place at the right time, which is perfect for Moa because. Moa, I think, was being left on an island quite a lot by Livermore. Like yeah. Livermore was putting him in positions where he was having to like do stupid things to try and rescue. Him. And he only had to do it once, Moa, against Coventry. There was one tackle where Taylor Gardner Hitman got beat, 
and Moat just cleaned the guy out. Um, and, you know, he got the booking for it. But against Livermore, it seemed with Livermore next to him, it seemed like that was happening like two or three times a game. Yeah. Whereas <clears throat> he's young, you know, he's 19 years old, Telegon him, and he's 19 years old. He's going to have to learn the hard way on a couple of things. And this is the problem with putting youth players in, is that they will make mistakes eventually. Something will happen and it'll be a mistake. But I, he looks to be a really composed player. Um, be interesting to see, if we do get promoted, it'd be interesting to see whether or not he can make the step up. Um, I think he'd probably end up playing right back in the Prem. But um, yeah, really impressed. And he needs to continue with that. And I hope there's a few more. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be literally pulling up stones in the academy. I was because you've got a chairman who doesn't care. So you may as well use what's at your advantage as, as use, use what you've got, right? Mm, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think from a, a fan's point of view, not you know, I'm only speaking for myself here, but considering the lack of options he has, and I said this last week, I would rather see Cleary, I would rather see Tullock play because if we lost playing those players, I think well, at least he's trying something. He's obviously got no options, you know. Rather than just keep bringing Hugel on after 55 minutes, I'd rather him just do that. <clears throat> strikers, strikers, a funny position there, Mike. It's like. But why not just not try many, it? Why not? You know, what's what we're to lose, not, really? Not not many kids make it as strikers, do they? Like the people the most people who come through academies and get into teams are defenders. Because I hate to say this to you guys, if you're a defender, it is easier to do than play at centre forward. Like it's an easier job. So Where did know, I play the majority of the time we played football, John? You were a fullback. Exactly. So, <laughs> so thanks. And I was a striker. So it, and how, know, how did a lot of your goals happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, what I'm saying is, 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 <clears throat> is, it's easier to trust. It's easier to trust the defender to do his job than it is to trust a striker to do his job. I think striking is a difficult job. It's really hard. Score goals is the hardest job on the pitch, in my opinion. So, Reyes Cleary, you know, he's just a kid. He's 17 years old. He's never played top-level football. He's, as far as I know, he's never even been out on loan. Like, he needs to go out on loan a couple of times. And, gets, and, and we need to learn about him. I know what you're saying, yes, but... Saido Berrihino, during that interview with Saido Berrihino, what did he say? He said, he talked about the fact that going out on loan did teach him a hell of a lot more than playing in the academy. And I think the thing is, you want these youngsters to learn their lessons, learn their, ba- you know, the, 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 the bad things make that can happen. Yeah, make somewhere else, alone, yeah. somewhere yeah. Not here, not with us, not when we're trying to chase um, promotion. You said it yourself. Look what happened with with uh, Jonathan Lecco when Pulis brought him on. Yeah. You know, you don't want a situation like that where, you know, it, that's that's their career over at West Brom because Chris Wood, you know, Chris Wood was the same. He he did he didn't play very well for us early doors, and he was hamstrung by it. So. I think there's a, there's a lot of sense to be said in you know developing players properly, but you do have to get a commitment from the players on the contract, and you have to say right, well, I'm going to sign a three year contract with you, and for the mm-hmm. two of those years, I'm probably going to be on loan. I, I don't think a lot of players accept that nowadays. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but it's good to see. Um, the, the other thing I want to mention as well. Um, and I, I'm, as a fan, I find this really frustrating. Is I hope that once Livermore is, you know, over this ban, he's got two more games left to run, hasn't he? He doesn't just do this whole my captain plays rubbish again and just takes Del- Te- uh, Garden Hickman out and puts Livermore in because I, I, you know, in my opinion, that's just going to frustrate everybody. 
I'd be saying to Livermore, listen, listen, Jake, you know, you've been your club captain, you need to act like it now. Yeah. But if I was his if I was his boss and I was his manager, I'd be calling him into the office and I'd be saying, Listen, you've got three players now who are pushing for your job, and I think two of them are, are, are at the level required. Do you, do you think Livermore's a good captain? Because, you know, you look at his 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 track record, he's constantly seems to be getting sent off. You know, not to bring up the past too much, but he was one of the players that stole that taxi while they were um, on that training camp. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be controversial, and I'm going to say I don't know what he does well. No, but so why, why a captain then? Because I think he's he's been there a long time. It's like it's 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 almost a case. I think the temptation is presumably with managers to be like, well. The other thing as well is, is your captain, you're putting him up there to get shot down. So I think you don't want to be putting your best player up as captain because you need him to be doing his... It's Mowat would be the ideal captain. He embodies, since, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. he embodies everything about what we want to be doing. And he would be he would be Valerian Ishmael's colonel, you know, his colonel yeah. to his general. But he, I, I think it's sensible that he's not captain because... It allows him to do his job on the quiet. Livermore takes a lot of the flack. He's very much a captain. Does that? You know, they have to dare have to be a leader. So maybe it's that. It's like, mm. he, but I, I don't think he does anything particularly well anymore. I don't really know what he used to do well. If I'm honest with you, I've never really, I've no. never really rated him particularly. It was an odd signing when we made it, wasn't it? When we signed him from Hull, um, I believe for ten million. It, it, you know, which I mean, obviously, is a long time ago now because we we had spending ten million pound on anybody. But no, it almost seems like he's just dropped into that captain's role. And and I agree. I don't I don't see much about him that makes Brunty me think Brunty he's a captain. He, yeah, he yeah. just he just became captain, and then that was it. It's like, yeah. I mean, the reality is, I think in professional football, you should be having eleven captains on the pitch. They should Absolutely, be all yeah. Captains. yeah, yeah, they should yeah. All be captains. Uh, they should all be leaders, um, but I think you, you you pick out particular um, characteristics in your captain at the professional level, which probably he does embody because he's 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 been with the club a long time, he's been around the block, he's been he's played for big clubs, he's played for obviously Spurs. Um, he can teach the young players how to become professionals. He's, he, he will command respect from players because of his name, because he is quite a famous player. So maybe that's the logic. Maybe that's mm, the whole thing. True. You know, you mentioned Chris Brunt. You mentioned yeah. Chris Brunt was captain. Who did he take the captaincy off? I think people will go, oh, no, you're wrong. But I'm, from my memory, who do you think he took the captaincy off? Uh, I think it was Scott Carson. God. I think I think it was Scott Carson. Because I remember Scott Carson was captain. Obviously, he, you know, threw a few in his own net. <laughs> and eventually he got dropped for Bowers My Hill. And I'm pretty sure Brunty took the captaincy then. But I might be wrong anyway. But anyway, just just I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Um, but yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, you might be right. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, how, important, how important is your captain? That's another debate, isn't it? I don't really know how. It, I, I, I think when I think the only reason that the captaincy thing is being brought up in my, you know, for me anyway, is because of what Valerian Ishmael said. 
if 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 he hadn't said that, if he hadn't said, "Oh, you know, he's my captain, my captain plays," I don't think anyone would really care who the captain was. I think it's just because of that, you know, statement. It's making everyone go, "Well, should he be captain then?" Because I think you know. Yeah, you're right. I think, but I think if you look at the top clubs, right? So look at the iconic clubs, like iconic captains down the years. So you've got Alan Shearer, who was like Newcastle's captain. He embodied Newcastle, like he loved Newcastle. Stephen Gerrard embodied Liverpool. He was Mr. Liverpool, wasn't he? So maybe it's just that. Maybe it is the fact that Jake Livermore is, maybe he is Mr. West Brom. Maybe he absolutely loves it. I mean, he did sign a new contract. So maybe that's what it is. (laughs) Nobody else signs contracts. Well, well, you know what? You signed it. You signed a contract. Have the captaincy. <laughs> I, th- I think he probably is something like that. Uh, to be fair, I, Matt I Phillips just signed a three-year. Maybe he should be captain. Matt Phillips is a confidence player. He would be the worst yeah, possible is. captain yeah, ever. He like him. he would, he would literally, he would just crush him. The, the responsibility. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, no. no. <laughs> Anyway, we won't labour the point because it's probably getting a bit boring now. But yeah, I don't know what a cap- what quite know. I don't quite know what the point of a captain is because they should all be captains. It's basically someone. To, I think the main responsibility is they're the one person who can go and talk to the referee, can't they? So everyone's not surrounding the referee having a go, in which they still do anyway. So, but anyway, well, he, he managed to talk his way into a cat into a taxi, so uh, maybe he's, he's the best negotiator. That's why they've made him captain. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, anyway, so let's let's go into our trivia section. Um, last time because it was a Coventry obviously playing Coventry I asked which West Brom player signed for Coventry in September 2015 after um sorry so the player played for West Brom um and then in 2015 September 2015 he signed for Coventry on a one-year deal John who was that player it was Mark Antoine Fortune it was I was talking to a Coventry fan about him because I said oh you had Mark Antoine Fortune for us was he any good, and he said he hardly played apparently, um, which was a shame because he was always pretty much an ever present for us, wasn't he? And he was a not a not a prolific goal scorer, but worked hard, brought other players into it. Everything I think we wish Hugo was really, um, yeah. I think he's the best striker we've had since, other than Lukaku, of the era of the same era. Really, was, even better than Odin Wingy. Well, yeah, Odin Wingy to me was a winger. I'll tell you what, mate. Look at the think back of those strikers Shane Long, Lukaku, um, Mark Antoine Fortuner, Peter Odin Wingy. Like, oh, what, what a striker. I think Odin Wingy's best work was coming off the wing. Like, mm. if you remember what he did to Ashley Cole, mm. um, that was all playing out wide right. Fantastic player, again. But I, I, the reason why I like Mark Antoine Fortuner is because he was everything he did was. For the team, it was like he was a complete yeah. team player. I remember him always coming off after about seventy minutes, and you could tell he had run himself into the ground. And that's what you want to see as a fan. That's just what you want to see. You want to see players who are, you know, working their row out for the shirt. And and yeah, absolutely, a baggy's legend in my opinion. He was the best thing that came out of the Mowbray era for me. Was Mark Antonfortune? Yeah. Well, a little side yeah. story is he he so he was on loan with us, wasn't he? Mowbray went to Celtic, signed Fortune, was there for a year, and then we signed him. We actually signed him back. Well, sort of, because he was on loan the first time, wasn't he? Yeah, fantastic player. Great yeah. sign. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, they were lucky to have him, and I'm surprised they didn't play him more. Mm, absolutely. Um, so the next question, since we're playing Reading, and this is this is a good one, I thought. Um, 
which left back played for Reading. Uh, he went to another couple of clubs, I think, in between, but then signed for West Brom in July 2010. Don't Google it. Don't go on Wikipedia. Um, but have a think about it and let us know in the comments section um, who you think it is, because I think that's a good question. Do you have any ideas? I can see his face. Oh, OK. Oh, I know it. I know it. I know it. Yeah. We haven't done a, we haven't done anything on Reading. We haven't really talked about Reading, have we? Other than the fact that they've got some ex-prem players, what do you think the result will be? Uh, we're going to win. That's it. I'm saying it. Always, always. We're going to win. I think Andy Carroll's going to cause some problems. I think he might score. Um, but saying that though, we have got good, you know, sort of physical centre halves. We've got Kipre. We've got you know Carl Bartley. So I'm hoping that they can nullify their attack but no I he's think... not the most mo he's not the most mobile player is he what what, what he will do is i think is he'll, he'll allow people to play off him yeah which we have to be careful of because that's why we need in my opinion gardner hickman in there with, alongside um Moet because he's so much more mobile yeah uh, and i think we're gonna have he's gonna have to be tracking back a lot more than he was against commentary because if you notice against commentary it seemed like he was always up the pitch mm. um and he was actually, according to these, the Opta stats that I saw, he did the most at attacking passes, was Taylor Gardner-Hickman. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to have to do a different job this week. But um, I think we'll beat him as well. I think it's. I think it, we're all, we should be. We should be leveraging our uh, confidence from the, such a good result against Coventry. Yeah, and it'd be it'd be nice for us to stick four or five past somebody. To be honest with you, yeah, because... it would do us good. To be honest with you, but I think I think corners might be an issue. It's, I mean, Scott Dan's a tall bloke as well, isn't he? Andy Carroll, you can deal with Andy Carroll. Just ring up Janice Olsen. We'll ring up Janice Olsen and say, mate, come down to the training ground. I'll give you a one-month contract. We'll pay, you, one pay you, we'll pay you £1,000. Get, get down to the training ground this week and uh, teach the lads about how to deal with Andy Carroll. Let's see what happens. Uh, but fingers crossed. I think I think we'll get the win. Um, and if we do, we can really start to kick on now. Uh, and you know, because I mean, every week somebody's losing or somebody's drawing, aren't they? So even if we don't make any ground on the top two, we're going to distance ourselves for the rest of the playoffs. So you know, a win is is really vital at this point in time. So yeah, but I think we'll get the win. I think we'll do well. And what did you? What, what has your opinion changed as to as far as Valerian Ishmael is concerned? Or no, I think we need to. Uh, I, I mean, you know, it, it has changed, and it, it did change in it from after the Forest game. I think he still needs a few more games. I think he still needs more time. Look, you know, if we lost the last next three games in a row, I'd be I'd be back to saying he needs the sack. But it was a good win, and he, he did some good things. But my my fear is the reason he did those good things is because he was forced to. You know, he played Taylor Gardner hickman in centre midfield because he had no other options. So, you know, obviously he's fallen out with Snodgrass and I think he might be injured, but I don't think it make a difference. Um, Malumbi is banned and obviously so is Livermore. So, uh, you know, I fear that the reason he played that way was because he had to. So I hope yeah. now he recognises, sorry, let me finish, he recognises that this is a good thing and he sticks with it even when Livermore's back but sorry what were you going to say yeah that's the test isn't it you know that is the test you're right because once Livermore's back if he reverts to type everybody's going to be very disappointed with him yeah. because of how good Taylor Gardner was but I think all equally mate you know I wouldn't have played Taylor Gardner in centre of midfield unless no, I, mean, I absolutely you know. had to no. unless I absolutely had to so 
you know, I'm not going to, I don't think we should be too harsh on him and say, oh, well, you should have known this. You should have known that he was a, he was a great central midfielder because none of us would have done it. We would have gone through the logical progression like everybody else. It would have been Malumbi. You know, you'd have gone through the progression, wouldn't you? And it's only because this, but this is how opportunities come to young players. Is everybody else is out. I'm not, I'm not disputing the fact. But I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. That once Livermore's back, if he reverts to playing somebody like Livermore or Malumbi over Hick- Gardner Hickman, then I'll be disappointed in that as well. Very disappointed. Yeah. And and the thing is, by and the reason I mentioned the Hugo fifty-five minute thing, you know, nothing against Hugo, he is what he is, but just does the same things, and that's why I mentioned it because it makes me fearful of when Livermore is back. It's oh, get Livermore back in then, and and you know, and that's what my fear is. So look, in terms of Ishmael, we debated it. Um, last week, didn't we? I think he still needs a few more games. Let's see where we are come the end of December. But I still think he's skating on thin ice. I don't think that one win changes. You know, it changes a little bit. I suppose it's more, you know, towards him staying. But by no means do I think yes, million percent. He's the he's the man for the job. What do you think? Are you still the same? I mean, you you wanted him to stay anyway, didn't you? I've 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 been adamant the whole time. I've like it's the players that are that are again on my nerves. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, largely, I think he's. De- I think he 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 feels to me like he's sort of like he's yeah. almost forcing them to do the job. What he wants to do, yeah. Particularly the forwards, because Callum Robinson and Dean Garner are not having fun at all, but they're doing their job, which is different to what it was last two the previous three weeks. I think I've, my conspiracy theory still stands. In my opinion, they wanted him out, and I think somebody at the club has said he ain't going nowhere. And they've suddenly started to change. They've suddenly realised that this is it now. It just feels that way to me. I could be completely wrong, and that's completely coming out of my feelings. But it's very strange how they are all so miserable <laughs> up front, but they're doing their job now. Yeah. That's, that's all. That's all I need out of them. I don't need. We don't need them to be happy every single every five minutes. Do we? we just need them to do their job? So, um, I, in my opinion, is is the same as it was last week. The players need to step up, and I think some of them did. The younger players seem to be more keen to step up than the than the senior players, um, and I think the senior players need desperately, desperately need to just do more. Um, mm. And I think if they do, we'll be winning games comfortably again. Yeah. Would you like to? I, I, I know we're going on a sidebar after sidebar here, but you know, here's an Albion podcast. So I suppose we can do that. In terms of January, would you like to see a big overhaul? Would you like to see the Livermores, maybe the Robinsons, who don't seem to buy into? I mean, Robinson's different. He is, a, you know, he is doing things well, and I mean, he created that goal for Colin Grant. But would you like to see an overturn of players, if possible? Would you like to see that, or do you think we just need to make a couple of additions here and there? It depends on how, but how how correct I am. If yeah. I'm right, I'd want them out. To yeah. be honest. If it, but if I'm not, if they're just in poor form and they're not, they're not, they're not quite, you know, loving life. They don't the have moment. the right direction from the manager, sort of thing. No, no. If they're, if they're just not at the races at the moment, then I wouldn't be looking to flog them necessarily in in January because I don't think you get the best, the best, especially if you're a selling club. If you're looking to sell, if you're going to other clubs and saying, "Do you want to buy this player?" <laughs> That's a terrible time to do it in January. Yeah. Um, but. I'd be looking to to to, to have a big over to, like a big churn of players in, in certainly in the summer, um, mm-hmm. and I think Callum Robinson is is one that I'd be looking to get a fee, a fee for yeah. because I think he's replaceable, and I think at the moment he's not doing enough. No, his um, stock would be high from the island. 
It's, it's exactly. I don't know though. Like you know, you talk about Cam Robinson. And I want to touch him briefly. You know, this was a guy who I'm pretty sure slept in an Albion shirt after we won promotion because he he had a picture of himself didn't he in bed saying still, you know, still um, celebrating us getting promoted. So he seemed to really buy into it. So it's a shame if it's a case of now. You know, he seems to be what you know rumor is and whatever that he seems one of the players that is you know not putting his all in. So we say, shall we say? We don't know why. We'll never know why these players are so annoyed. It could be that Ishmael's said something wrong to him. It could, or it could just be, Mike, that he's not Billich. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's frustrating so, that he got sacked in the first place. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't got a lot of sympathy for these footballers. They're paid ex- exorbitantly large amounts of money to do their job, and their job mm. is not to be the happiest person in, you know, the happiest person in the world. Their job is to score goals, create chances, and do the right things for West Bromwich Albion until they play for somebody else. And I've got so little, so little um, sympathy for them. Yeah. You know, if you want if you want to be really, really happy, everybody else who wants to be really, really happy has to take a pay cut. But most people who are on a lot of money are not loving loving their jobs, are they? They're, they're, no. The reason why you're paid a lot of money to do a job, which is... Uh, it's because it's it's an inconvenience. It's largely an inconvenience. So being a yeah. professional footballer is inconvenient. You can't eat what you want. You can't drink what you want. You can't do what you want all the time. So you paid a lot of money. It's and this is the thing. It shouldn't. You know, I've got no sympathy for that. If you want, if you want to pick up the big books, put the effort in, put the graft in, and do it. So, and I think I think he's a good player to sell because of the fact that he's worth some money. I think he's worth a good fee, and I think people will pay it because they'll still have watched him for Ireland and thought, "Blimey, neck, he's like the next uh, next Cristiano Ronaldo." This kid at half the time, and then obviously he's not playing well for us, so he feels like he's service to requirements for us. And yes, yeah. it was a good it was a good through ball for Grant, um, and it was the right pass. But he did a lot of things in that game which were just very average. I mean, he played one ball direct, just straight behind Carl and Grant, didn't he? And it was a, it was an easy chance, and he completely missed that one. Missed the opportunity to give Carl and Grant the chance. Um, oh, something else I want to mention as well. I listened to our old podcast back, the last one we did, and the amount of time me and you said competent <laughs> or lack of competence or no competent, it was, it was just like, okay. and like I think I said it the most, but I was like, I've got to start saying competent. <laughs> it's because it's because we're incompetent. <laughs> okay so uh, guys thank you very much for listening if you want to contact us uh, of our social media you can john how is things going on twitter <laughs> it's it's lit we've got four we've got four yeah we've got four come on boy. we were at two and now we're at four come on <laughs> we're doubling if we if we double every single week Eventually, we'll be on like 10 million followers, and everybody yeah, will just, yeah. and that'll be it. We'll be the biggest podcast in the world. <laughs> Joe Rogan will be ringing us up, going, Can you get on, lads? And we'll be yeah, like, yeah. No, mate, We're talking baggies this weekend. <laughs> talking baggies this weekend, mate. So, no, no. Uh, that, that's great news. Thank you very much for those, um, those four followers. Um, but hopefully, we can, you know, get to eight some sometime in the next week. You never know. You never know. Sometime in the next thousand years. That's all <laughs> I'm after. <happy. laughs> anyway, um, so. What is our Twitter uh, handle if people want to join the four followers we currently have? Well, it's, it's, I've got to tell you guys, you need to be joining us over there because I tweet probably about the once chase. a week. <laughs> <laughs> the chase. 
Uh, Anything goes, two word, all things I'll do. Two-word tweets. It's just all good things, you know. But anyway, no, it's uh, all things WBAFC. All one word, all things WBAFC. Yeah. Um, and we'd be pleased to have you. And that's where we advertise on Twitter. We advertise the podcast. We talk about the podcast. We talk about um, baggies. Just just a good place for you if you're on Twitter to get a hold of the content, really. Absolutely. And if you're on Facebook, uh, if you search for All Things Albion on Facebook, you'll find us. Uh, we have plenty of discussions and, you know, like I said, we usually have a big response as well and, and get into things like well, all sorts of things about the Albion. So, yeah, if you uh, want to join us, we're heading, you can. heading towards 500 subscribers, right, on, on Facebook. It's getting yeah, there. Yeah, we're getting there, yeah. Yeah, it's doing well. Um, so yeah, but like I said, it, it's it's good because we have really involved people over there, and so when we put a post out, there's always a good discussion happening as well. So yeah, if you want to join us on Facebook, you can. Um, and when you, the other thing is, wait, guys, when you comment, you know, we do we do use that those comments in the in the podcast. Yeah, we, when do. we talk about them. So if you you know if you if you come out with a good comment or something that we hadn't we haven't considered, we will talk about it. Yeah, we'll we'll read the comment out and we'll you know discuss it. You know, so absolutely, it's uh, it's something we like we like to do on the podcast. Um, also, guys, if you haven't got social media, that's okay. If you want to just contact us with your comment or, or your thoughts, then you can at allthingsalbionpodcast at gmail Guys, like I said, thank you very much for listening, John. Thank you very much for your time. Let's keep these wins going. Let's get up the league. Let's you know close that six point gap and. Uh, Let's get back to the promised land that is the Premier League. Boing, boing. Boing, boing.